Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hi, everybody. Thank you for waiting a week for the new episode. This is episode 49, and I'd like to introduce a wonderful human being and a wonderful singer-songwriter and more, Mr. Sam Nabby. Sam Nabby is my guest. Good to see you again. Thanks. It's it's good to be here. I've been seeing you a bit this year, and we'll, we'll talk about that, which is, it's been really cool for me. It's anytime you bump into to someone that you knew a while back and uh, have nothing but fond memories of. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> my note for this section of the podcast is called whatevs we were talking about the bait and switch of, oh yeah of after you win something like yeah. it's supposed to be one thing yeah and this is different i i would say is different um between music awards and we were talking about business awards like reader's choice in right. the newspaper and that sort of thing so the, re- the reader's choice awards are a big deal and you get a notice saying hey you're the best grocery store in downtown kitchener congratulations yeah. um and then they say to celebrate, you should buy a plaque. It's only a hundred dollars. <laughs> here are the here are the finishing packages. Do you want the bronze or gold or platinum? <laughs> and and if you don't want to pay for your recognition that you're the best, you can uh, advertise with us for a number of months, right? And get get it for free. And so it's just, ugh, I get your feeling when you 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 said you don't like those the whole competitive rankings and like best awards because what do you get from it at the end of the day i don't know well yeah like i just said like i mean i, I grew up an only child so i never had to go through whatever sibling mm. rivalry things that other people can mm. relate to and acknowledgement based on what that this salon or band did a better job on the internet mm. getting people to vote for them than a place that may or may not have been genuinely amazing yeah. But they focus more on haircutting than fucking social media. Sure. I think that's just the whole back and forth between underground music or indie music and what gets mainstream appeal. Yeah. Like it, the the Polaris Prize was just awarded to Havaya Mighty for her, uh, for her rap album. And it's the first time a rap album has ever been awarded the Polaris Prize. She created an album that's about slavery and about Brampton and about growing up having to you know uh, fight her way to being respected so on the one hand it's like yeah you know this is an album that's speaking to real things and it's awesome and it's produced well and it's got such a breadth of genres in it it's just a great album obviously it deserved to win Right. And now a lot of people are starting to know about her and say, oh, Havaya Mighty, she's a great MC." Uh, you know, as someone who has appreciated her music over the last number of years, I could be that person that's like, oh, you're just getting on the bandwagon now. <laughs> or or it's like, oh, well, she only won because she collaborated with A Tribe Called Red and, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. Or making the music is one thing. Hustling and promoting yourself is another thing. These are all parts of, of how you make it as yeah. an artist. and But it doesn't mean that there were not better albums made in Canada in the last year. Right. When you talk in absolutes, I think that's where it gets... Uh, yeah, it falls apart at that point. Well, I don't know who you are. I think you just gave an example of being the same as me, where you can look at the flip side. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, favoritism sucks. People yeah. get ignored. How does it go? How does it work? Mm-hmm. What's the engine? But at the end of the day, excellence should be noticed. Mm-hmm. And excellence, when noticed, can inspire someone who hasn't formed who they are yet to know that if you try really hard at that thing you like, maybe you can get recognized. Yeah, I think it's also important for people who don't win things mm-hmm. to not use that as the engine of quitting or stopping. Yeah, and also and to recognize that if, if you're the best singer in the world, it doesn't mean that you're going to sell out stadiums because right. you, you need to be more than just a good singer to sell out stadiums. Like yeah. I think that's the disconnect. I definitely think you made ex- excellent music back when I met you. You've sort of changed the focus of genres that you're working in. Yeah. Can I just point out, though, that we're looking at this, the NDCD that you put out. I'll let you tell the story of why there's a barcode on it. I know. I was so excited to get a barcode on my <laughs> album that I produced in my own bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up the segment, I do, I do want to tell people, because I remember shit like this. I'm an archivist, of a documentarian of life of sorts. I met you through Carrie, yep. Carrie Humphreys, and she was doing a radio show at CKMS. I was doing one on CJQ. We combined forces and we called it the Indie Rock Invasion Show, Iris, yep. uh, yada, yada, yada. And she did a lot of booking at a place called Mongolian Grill, where for almost a straight year, there was regular live music, and it was like a second home for a lot of people. I remember you coming out to a few of those, and you performed at some of them. Mm-hmm. That's how I knew you, because of Carrie. Yeah, and just to take a step back from that, I met Carrie. <sighs> I'm kidding. I met Carrie at CKMS, yeah. CKMS, like you said. And I met her because I was there at the radio station doing an interview with Steve Kryzak for his show called Mixed Frequencies. And I was, you know, he invited me into the studio. I was going to play some live songs from this album that you're holding right now. And I was like, oh, I was 18 years old. I had a guitar in my hand. I was in the studio being interviewed by a radio host and all my friends in in the dorm that I was living in. I was like, make sure you turn your radios on and listen at this time yeah. and it seems so antique in a way like yeah. oh, wow i can tell a story about my friends listening around the radio as if i'm like 85 years old but that's yeah, what we all seem like but that's what happened and i felt really important and then after the show i met carrie and i, I had only been living in waterloo region for a couple months at this point yeah and i just felt like the kid who goes to new york city and like I'm going to strike it big and my name's going to be in lights. Yeah. <laughs> if you can make it in fucking Waterloo. <laughs> you can make it anywhere. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. No, that's so cool, though. It's coming back to me, like meeting you and talking to you and finding and finding out at the time you were from Whitby. You were 18, 19 at this point? Yeah, I was, I was 18. I was going to say like, oh, fuck, I must have been like... But at the same time, I was around 24. Like, the age difference wasn't that much back then. Yeah. And it, our age difference has, has not changed since then, in fact. I don't know if Wildly you know, enough, yeah. I'm not great at math, but I, I do know that. The audience of this podcast, whoever you invite to listen, and the other four people. <laughs> the same people who were huddled around the radio in my dorm right? room. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew we'd be on a podcast. Yeah. There are some really cool time-based to the, uh, you know, the early 21st century photoshop techniques that went into this artwork that are very representative of the time and i'm looking at this to enhance maybe the listener's understanding Mm -hmm. of what i mean by this your websites yeah as my websites back then were myspace.com slash sam nabby and purevolume.com slash sam nabby 
Pure Volume, I miss more than the other one, for yeah. sure. I miss MySpace as it used to be, Yeah. even though MySpace.com still takes you to a website that I don't know what the it's, fuck that is. Yeah, it's not recognizable anymore. There was also uh, one that I, I didn't put on there, but, but the first online music community where I uploaded my music and connected with other musicians right. doing the same thing was SoundClick. Sound, I remember Sound that. Click. I don't think I was and, on that. Uh, I got, yeah, so there's a singer-songwriter there from the UK who I, I'm now I'm still Facebook friends with. And, you know, one of those weird internet friendships that just doesn't go away because I, you know, it, SoundClick is gone, but right. I'm still trying to remember what that was like. I remember MySpace being like the place where you go to upload your music and that was the mm-hmm. primary one, but Pure Volume was the underdog and although it it looked more professional yeah and i was like yeah i want to be on pure volume as well right. because then it'll show that i'm you know prolific if yeah. i'm on both it was almost closer to a reverb nation <laughs> yeah and i i just like the fact that you can meet people from around the world mm. and contact them and form these weird cool relationships yeah back when the internet was a non-threatening place yeah and then MySpace was everything from a, a musician community to a social community to a place that was almost like making websites where you can customize it. And, shit. and this yeah. is the history of MySpace. Very boring. Uh, and I want to talk more with Sam Nabby about Sam Nabby after this song. Hey, song intro time. So I wanted to pair the Sam Nabby episode with some musical inclusions in this new five-song rule structure of the podcast. Sam, of course, will be featured on with three of his own performances recorded for this episode later on. Now, as far back as I've known Sam Nabby, and further back, I've known one of the sweetest sons of bitches you could ever meet, caring, hardworking, talented AF, and Jesse Parant, which is his name, was also an integral part of that Mongolian Grill weekly scene that I mentioned. And now that I've decided... Uh, for the other two songs in this episode, I wanted to include some performances from last year's episodes of The Todd Donald Show, because fuck, maybe you're just joining us now and didn't catch them yet. And if you're interested, episode 20 is with Jesse Perrant, who was then about to record this and a bunch of other tunes for a new album that rec- recording, which has taken place since. I saw the packaging on Instagram yesterday, and it is now available on CD fucking today. So visit jessieperrantmusic.com now and find out when you can see him next. Go do it. Clickety-clack, assholes. Here's Jesse Perrant about a year ago singing the song Best Laid Plans. Lying in a bed above the streetlights The passing cars keep you up at night this apartment's not the end of the journey It's the start of a lifelong ride And we both know that money's not important What matters are the smallest little things Well, I know that you'd marry me, son If I only had enough to buy a ring Dreaming of something close to happy Scraping by any way we can Hoping our some days turn into tomorrow Like mice and men who make Best laid plans Best laid plans Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
seem to drown And other days you can't find time But you play the cards you've been given And hope to hell that everything will turn out right Well, loss is just another part of living Courage ain't got nothing without fear And if we walk through hell together It'll only feel like heaven when you're near well, Dreaming of something close to happy Scraping by anywhere you can Hoping on some days turn into tomorrow Like mice and men who make best laid plans Best laid Great track, right? <laughs> or in hip hop, it was a great record. Yep, a oh, record. Yeah, a song is a record. Yep, which it, is I, it's not wrong. I don't really understand all the all the different ways the the labels yeah over overlay on top of each other. You know, that was a great recording of a song, man. Yeah, it's literal. We were talking about something at the end there about how how old social old social media pre Facebook social media in the music being a musician category mm-hmm. sort of in a different time with the internet and a different animal that people were putting yeah. themselves out there and communicating with people in general was just so different. Yeah, Some of the amazing interactions and relationships that come out of just the way it was then, I guess. I know you have some stories. There's a, a another folk artist that I connected with on SoundClick and then and we started following each other all over the different platforms as they as they grew and died and and kept following each other's music and then she joined an electronic band and and I started going into hip hop and we're we're in very different places than we were yeah. at the beginning but is because of that first interaction of listening to each other's folk songs recorded in our bedrooms with those like shitty Kensico uh, microphones? No, no, not the microphones, like webcams. Remember when a webcam right. wasn't part of your computer? Right, yeah, yeah. And, it was know, like a little ball that looked like, a, like the 2001 Space Odyssey Yeah, thing. <laughs> exactly. And so we were all just making music on those and, right. and seeing what came of it. So I have fond memories of that. And I also, on MySpace, I followed Owl City before he kind of made it big. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, came across his music, loved it. I wasn't the only one, obviously. there was He had thousands of followers by that time right but it was still indie yeah 
And I remember giving him a um, a poem after he released a, his yeah. second indie album, and and I like commented on it. But I was like, I'm gonna comment on it as a poem, and I I don't know, just a, I was a fan, and I wanted to express that, and it felt very personal, and it felt very direct. And he responded to me in kind and yeah. said like, thank you very much. Your words meant a lot to me. And then a couple summers later, he's on top forty. So. You know, I don't know how if I'm going to be able to have a personal connection with an artist that I haven't met in person like we used to be able to. Don't you think for some reason, though, in, a, in some ways, though, that's more likely now than it used to be? Because, I mean, people... It is. It depends on the person. There, yeah. there, there are people that they like social media enough yeah. that they're... Even to their own detriment sometimes. They'll, be, they'll yeah. get so passionate about something that they'll be arguing with yeah. everyday people. If, yeah. yeah. I think the difference now is that back in the MySpace Pure Volume days, you were one person interacting with another person. Yeah. And now when I interact online and yes, I still have a direct communication with celebrities, for example, sometimes if you tweet at someone, they'll respond to you. Right. But you're doing it in this performative way where you know that all your followers are watching and all their followers are right. watching and it, and you're not having a one-on-one experience with someone, you're in a crowded room and and you're getting 5 right. seconds of someone's time. So maybe that's just me like becoming old and everything that used to be good is better than what's what's right. there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when you had to type RT and copy and paste the person's <laughs> tweet to to retweet it and they didn't yeah. have a retweet button. <laughs> with MySpace you could make it look with like a bunch of polka dots and the thing. Why is my old band voice Bill Cosby? That is wrong. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> MySpace made customizable HTML. Yeah, it was the bomb. <laughs> An old man talking about <laughs> HTML. That's too funny. That's real, though. That's real. It is. Yeah. HTML is awesome. You I had mean, to get I, I learned, the hex I, color code. I learned to code on uh, Neopets and, yeah. and MySpace, and now I do web consulting. So, oh, so there you go. I'm, I'm, so just can we can we um if I were to introduce the fact that we met through Carrie yeah and as an addendum to that so there was this singer songwriter scene happening at Mongolian Grill and the performances yeah. happening there and that was a hub and then there were other hubs at that time like mm-hmm. the boat boat the boathouse as it was mm-hmm. back then and other places that were in existence we were talking about how many places have disappeared yeah which isn't to say that the people enjoying the current existence of buildings and shops now aren't enjoying life. And I just felt so supported as a young emerging artist at that time by you and Carrie and the, the, the shows that Iris had been organizing. Like I had no clue who or where I needed to go or talk to, to, to play music in the city. I'll tell you what, I don't mean to cut you off, but I I do want to say you, as you are now, maybe more mature in behavior as we refine ourselves as human beings. As you were back then, we're humble, unselfish. You didn't come off as entitled. Back then, I was so involved in making music as I'd been for uh, 10 years at that point and playing and, and having people on the radio show and seeing, seeing how many hands, if you, if you have something to give, are always like tugging at you. Mm-hmm. You get so used to, to meeting people in certain contexts in the music scene and in, in the art scene mm-hmm. that seeing someone who's entitled or likely to talk trash about someone or something like that, you can almost, you develop a sixth sense. 
And you were not only like young and pure like that, innocent, pure mm-hmm. and innocent mm-hmm. is what I meant. And really talented and seasoned. I could, I would have guessed that you might have been 21, 22 at that point, like close in my age then. Right. So blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm, I'm just big enough. Um, that I've always thought highly of you, even though I have that to look down to see you because I'm so <laughs> tall. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting you know that maybe if you were wondering how you might have come off to other people, because I have always been obsessed with worrying that I don't come off well mm-hmm. to people. Who's, who's being nice, even though if someone's being nice and just inclined to talk trash about you, that's a them problem. I know that now. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's how you came off to me back then. Well, there, yeah, there's all, and there's always been other local artists that I look at and I'm thinking, wow, like they've got it made or they're they're doing something cool in in the region. And and at that point, I was just getting introduced to all of the great music that was happening here. And I I, I still find it amazing at that time when when I said, hey, Carrie, I want to release my second album. It was also self-produced, self-recorded. It wasn't prevent professionally mastered it's the best in, kidding i don't yeah. know <laughs> it was okay there's no, it was, there's no right or wrong it was it's, fun at the time but yeah. you know i want to do things more professionally now but but you know i had spent that year playing at mongolian grill playing at places like the circus room and um just kind of being told where to go on a random wednesday or friday night and and saying hey sam if you show up here and bring your guitar and sing a few songs there's going to be people to listen to you and we'll pay you a bit of money Nice and and that felt so cool. And then I, I thought I, people were telling you where to go, like the oh. the old idiom, like <laughs> no. they told me where to go. No. He told me to stick it where the sun don't shine. You see? No, no sorry. I would get a text or an email from Carrie. Eat the mic. J- just me. I would get a random text or an email from Carrie saying, yeah. "Hey Sam, what are you doing this uh, this Friday? We want you to play at whatever bar." And and right. I would say, "Okay, I guess that's where I'm going." And I just don't see. I've had this conversation with you, you before. I don't see that happening these days, where there's yeah. the resources and the ecosystem to support artists in such an obvious and overt way. So when when I told Carrie that I was going to be producing my second album, she said, "Well, what's your marketing plan? Do you have a launch concert? No, and no." And so she said, "Okay, well, I'm going to get a write up in the Echo for you. Yeah. So we're going to do a blurb. Let's have an interview. Also." Let me book an opener for you for the boathouse, and we'll do it there. Right. And so, as a clueless nineteen-year-old, I had my album release party at the boathouse, where people were paying ten or twenty bucks cover to like see me perform with my right. friends, which was wild at the time. Uh, yeah. You know, so that was my introduction to to the music scene, and then since then, right. playing at open mics and getting to know people and just seeing who's around that wants to jam and wants to host and artists that come around in different bands and, and reinvent themselves in different ways. Yeah. So I, I feel comfortable doing that myself, knowing that like my music is very different than it was in the first album that you're holding. Um, but this is still the community that supported me in the past and will continue to support me. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's a slice of life, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, Quid pro quo. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, people support each other. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know if that worked or not. I was trying to say something that didn't make any sense, just as a as a button. Like I was gonna say, I mean, quid pro quo doesn't sound very uh, wholesome. <laughs> Especially if, if you want it, if you want to spin who... it that way, I'll spin it right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
but I, I just want to say as a as a button on talking about your first album that I have, this is for anyone who does music. I really hope that you never fall into the thing that I feel about my own and ever become like ashamed of it. If it was my treasure then as a mm-hmm. indie music fan collector, fan, fan of yours as a person and, and as a musician, it yeah. still is. Yeah. And you can't take that away from me. <laughs> That's yeah. I I do have conflicted feelings about that album because I you know I'm not the same person that I was back then, exactly. and and I don't know if exactly. we've we've laid this out, but it the that one and the second album I produced myself were folk albums, and now I'm making hip hop, and so there's that divide, and then also um, cool. thematically there's some there's a song that I'm working on for the new album that is directly responding to themes in the first you know part of my music career right and that's how i'm dealing with it is like why why are there a few songs there that make me uncomfortable and maybe i should write another song about them and right address that to myself to my past yeah. self <laughs> anyway let's hear another song by an indie artist that i haven't selected yet i <laughs> kill me but anyways i have since selected the song now I originally thought that the song Black Coffee by Twas Now was nothing more than a beautifully written song, played and sung elegantly in the kitchen of my apartment by two wonderful people. Since then, the record has been recorded and released, and I saw more recently The True Life Story, which has been shared. When they were over a year ago, I was just admiring the song from a performance and songwriting standpoint. So... If you've heard any of their songs before, you'll know that they're talented enough to have written a song like this from the ether, out of pure creativity. But as I found out more recently, I now know it comes from a very real place. And I can't even begin to describe my heart's reaction for for these, Diana and Mike, two very sweet people that I cared for a lot already. But anyways, here's that kitchen performance from the podcast last year. Twas now performing black coffee. One, two, three, one, two. Daylight kicks dust from my floor. Morning's brought truth back once more. Sleep hid the secret.
talking about some of the more interesting finer points of the modern age mm. which tends to be a shitty place that i go it's more of it's more of a, just a conversation that doesn't need to be heard so yeah. that we as human beings can like comfort each other yeah and be like well at least when you have friends and human beings that you can talk to it's you're still a mammal on this earth and hearts and minds do exist still sorry enough about that the talking point that i had for this third segment before we go into one of your fine song performances is um, I called it Questions for Ghosts. I went with a clever title. And here's something that social media helps magnify because it reminds us of the existence of people that we used to know. That thing that just happens in life where life is the journey that it is that everyone knows it is. But then you look back and there have been times when I've looked back from 20, from, from 25, from 30. And my attitudes are different now, but the feelings are the same. So when you're reminded of a Facebook event that happened in 2007. Right. And then you look at the guest list yeah. and you're like, there's so many mixed emotions that I'm having. Some are just pure delight. Like, oh, wow. I forgot about all these people. Yeah. And you, and, but the things that stick with you are, wow, so many people that I was fond of, never had a falling out with, but was never able to reconnect with and never reconnected with. It just kind of stings a little bit because you know when you've tried Mm -hmm. and failed to have someone in your life after because they have changed and you've changed and life's changed and priorities are different and and all that shit. Someone is like, no, no, I'm fine with the distance that's come between us. And honestly, I'm, I'm often that person. I had I had some friends in high school and we hung out and we did stuff. And then when I left town to go study here, I haven't talked to almost any of them yeah. since I left home. And same thing when I left university. I left a lot of my university friends behind. And it wasn't a, an acrimonious thing or, you know, uh, yeah, we're graduating. Screw you all. And like, see ya never. But <laughs> <laughs> I had those people too. But. I I don't know. I, I, I find myself lucky that like my life is so full with people that I uh, spend my time with and enjoy of course. that I don't want to seem like I'm being a jerk when I say like, yeah, I don't need those people anymore. Yeah. But they probably don't need me anymore. It doesn't mean that anything bad had to happen. It's just that you're, you're both living your lives. And, yeah, yeah. and people have full independent lives. Don't you realize that in me inviting you on this podcast was me attempting to make you the same part of my life that you were in 2008? <laughs> Motherfucker. Are you going to book me for the Mongolian Are girl you again? Are me the cold shoulder, <laughs> bro? <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, going back to your point about uh, we all feel embarrassed about our past selves. I was at a backyard house show recently and uh, there's a wonderful folk musician by the name of Sarah Rose Hebert, who you've probably seen at the open mics at Rhapsody. Right. Um, she is, she's a friend of mine and also a great musician. And she opened up one of her songs by saying like, yeah, we all, we're all embarrassed by our past selves or something. Or like you always look back and, and look at who you were a few years ago and 
you know, you don't want to be that person again. And, and she just opened this up as a story that hopefully the audience can relate to and then launch into the, her song. Yeah. And the audience was really split down the middle. Half of us were like, oh yeah, I get, I get what you're talking about. And the other half was like, no, no, I, I want those golden days back. Oh, and <laughs> there's, <so. laughs> there's nothing that you can't get more than you can't get the past back. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a universal truth, but it, it is something that I feel. And, and when I'm making music and I'm making my new music, it is in a way responding to what I've done in the past and trying to like fix the embarrassment of what I've done in the past. And like I'm going over some of the same themes as my previous work with the realization that, you know, I, I thought I was saying a good thing back in that song, but I, I just didn't didn't do it well enough or I focused on the wrong part or you know I so I I am in a way embarrassed by everything that right. I've put out in the past um but I also like you said you have to have a fondness for what you made when you made it yeah yeah well as as a, as a documentarian or archivist or a sentimental person in general I think that like it's good to uh it's good to be able to celebrate reevaluate or visit the past whether it's yeah. reading old blogs or whatever but it's best when you're not rejecting the present mm-hmm. or uh you know hiding from the future yeah i mean if you're if you're not satisfied with your present state you can either look forward to the future and be aspirational or <laughs> so, reminisce so, on those glory days some, sometimes <laughs> the future is like let's fuck and i'm not always hard for the future <laughs> Like I, I do want to ask you also, like, what what attracted you to to identifying as a hip hop act? Yeah, like that transition between folky stuff and hip hop stuff. Yeah, with the work that I'm putting out now, I'm most proud of just trying to be real to the community that I'm living in and making music in. Like right. a lot of people, especially in hip hop, are writing about how they have three Lamborghinis and they're flying to Miami. Right. And that's fun. But I want to rap about where I am and, and, and where I'm coming from and where my community is. And the twist for me is that, um, you know, that, that, anal- that analysis has always been in hip hop from straight out of Compton, like you mentioned. Right. And I, I'm doing it with a realization that I don't come from the ghetto or the streets or like right. from gang life. And like, there's still, uh, although I, I really respect and, and listen to music that's still, that's still coming out of that place. Like, um, Benny the Butcher is, you know, the biggest rapper to come out of Buffalo since ever. And everyone's like, Buffalo, what the hell? Who's like, who's coming out of Buffalo? Buffalo has a rap scene and now Buffalo's a thing. And it's really cool to see that transition happen. And, and he's talking about how, um, yeah, you know, I'm going to go down to your neighborhood and spray, spray up your whole block or something. Right. And so, so it's like, okay, I don't deal drugs. I don't steal cars and I don't own guns. Um, and so what am I going to rap about? I'm going to rap about how my community is changing, um, how the artists, uh, support one another, how we find identity and community, right. how we, uh, how the, the gentrification in downtown Kitchener is changing, um, who gets to call this place home? And uh, I've always been a poet. It's always been yeah. from a place of um, of 
poetry, literature, like trying to narrate what's going on in my life and what, what's going on in, in my head of what I'm thinking about the world. So you're so. possibly coming at it from like the more intellectual side, like most deaf and tribe mm. called quest. Kind yeah, of thing. absolutely. More like reporting. Yeah. Uh, what, and, and reporting what's authentic to you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and what's authentic to me as a, um, as one of the gentrifiers, like it's a, it's a scale, right? I, I didn't grow up here. I moved to downtown after graduating from university. I yeah. make probably a higher than average income of people that live in my neighborhood. Right. And so, yeah, rec- like doing that with all with with the with the recognition that I'm part of this transformation that I don't quite agree with. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the music that you're making is kind of can kind of be a therapeutic tool to work through the conflict mm-hmm. of being, you know, I think that hip hop has always, has always had space for resolving conflicts. And the reason why I transitioned from a folk artist to a hip hop artist is it gives me the space to address issues as I see them directly. Yeah. And I don't feel like I need to structure it around a, a flowery metaphor. Yeah. There's great folk musicians that, that, do that as well but hip-hop just invites you to come right out and say what you mean and say what's on your mind and address a conflict or you know deeply reflect on something that's on your mind and yeah it's very freeing to be able to do that Gaslight, live on the Todd Donald Show. This is a special sneak preview of Sam Nabby's new album, Attract Hazard. Only been a year, I'm going gray, looking over my shoulder in fear. The goalposts keep moving as we draw near. Is this the new normal? Were you hoping to hear a tidy solution for regaining sanity? Well, not when every fresh outrage is out to break humanity. Family ties thicker than water. We cried for downboats, drowned folks trying to flee for their lives. That was so long ago when you measure in terms of scandal. Pushed into a footnote because my heart can't handle all this death and not collapse. Depression on my back. There was a shooting in the mosque and we all lit candles. They turned that light down a little bit. They turn that light down a little bit. They turn that light down a little bit. I'm sick of it. And let me flip a switch. They turn that light down a little bit. They turn that light down a little bit. They turn that light down a little bit. I'm sick of it. And let me flip a switch. I'm thinking, what can I do? I'm just one person absorbing the morning's bad news. I guess it boils down to what battles you choose. Like, how do you lose sight of the overshadowing doom? Once aware, you can't put injustice back in the tube. No sriracha sauce will help you if they spat in your food. The cops now say that they're starting to load tasers. That's too little, too late to bring back Bo Baker. So trade words all you like, but don't hide behind lies. Ready for when the hate speech grifters arrive. How you gonna entertain 14 words and claim both sides? Stay golden, we did right to Kick Goldie out both times. They turn that light down a little bit. 
They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit I'm sick of it And let me flip a switch They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit I'm sick of it And let me flip a switch Enough of us disgusted by powerful people Getting off scot-free They don't treat us as equal We're in the opening act Better prepare for the sequel We got a lot of time to make up for women in lead roles To these bros crying foul Huddle a minute, admit it We got a lot of toxic influences You told your whole life that life's not fair Did you ever stop to think what way the scales were tipped? This is basic accountability Not a witch hunt Don't throw a tantrum for the cameras when you're mentioned Don't start a sentence with I'm not misogynist But how difficult is it? To just sit down and listen They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit I'm sick of it Yeah, let me flip a switch They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit I'm sick of it And let me flip a switch They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit, I'm sick of it And let me flip a switch They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit They turn that light down a little bit, I'm sick of it And let me flip a switch I could be uh, an artist that just tries to replicate the hip-hop from communities that I don't share an experience with Right Like, I could be creating music that's just about Whatever, let's you know, partying, money, drugs, and girls. Right. And I could do, and, and it would be fun music, but that's Slow not that's not fruit. what I want to do. And 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 that's not putting that's not saying that I'm like better than if I was than if I was doing that. But I'm addressing a different audience. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes when I'm performing, some people come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I really love your music. You and either they say. You know, I don't like rap, but I like what you did, and <laughs> and I or or they Hell another beer, so, sometimes sorry. they don't sometimes they don't put it quite in those terms, or they'll right. say, um, you know, you just had a very um, intellectual way of of sharing what you, what was on your mind, and yeah. and I do I do have a very intellectual way of going about my art, but if if you come up to someone who's rapping and then say I don't like rap, but I like what you did. If someone can just take a second and stop and think about that, maybe the rap you're listening to is not representative of the genre as a whole. And you can go back to people like, like you mentioned, most Def. Um, yeah. and, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Del, Del the Funky Homo yeah, Sapien. Yeah, me too. And, and, he, and he, he's been doing that kind of rap for since he started. Yeah. Like, there are people, and then, and then you've got not just genres crossing over, but art forms crossing over. So another yeah. one of my big inspirations is Kate Tempest, and she's a rapper from the UK. Um, yeah. She uh, released two albums that were kind of like a rock opera, except it's a rap opera. They have right. characters that develop in a story that develops throughout the album. Nice. And, and she's a playwright as well. And so that, that's where that, the playwright, the poet, the rapper... You know, I want to try to cross some of those divides. And for the album, I'm hoping to have a, a release party where we have a, a, a great concert and have a good fun release party. And then also have a release party that's more of a poetry reading. Yeah. yeah. Um, because what I'm making resonates in different contexts. I like that. 
isn't it kind of interesting how like for the most part people love categorizing shit so fucking much that every three bands that sound alike are their own genre yeah and yep. core is this overused fucking suffix on so many of the stupid i'm yep. like it's if it's it's all just rock, okay? Yeah. It's all I, but with rap and hip hop, yeah. most of the time it could be it could be Tribe Called Quest or it could be NWA mm-hmm. and they're just like that's rap. Yeah. I'm like, "Well, they're so different." Mm-hmm. Like they are rap. Mm-hmm. But like why do, why doesn't hip hop have subgenres as recognized as metal core? Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point. I and I re- I reject the the super subcategorization of yeah. music, and I, I've kind of found that piece with myself where where um, music that I've been listening to, and I'm trying to categorize it like, yeah, this is you know indie alt pop, and yeah. and then I just take a step back, and I'm like, you know what, I like pop music. Yeah, pop music is cool and fun. And it doesn't have to get more specific than that. If yeah. you if you categorize your genres so so narrowly, then it doesn't do you any good. Right. I so yeah I you know I I'll just stick with the um you know the HMV categories. That's that's enough for me. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I and I fully agree with you. And let let me make fun of our age though, because yeah. it's like. <laughs> Wasn't it better when there was this rock, <laughs> pop, dance, and country, and hip-hop, and the joke about us being older is that the idea of listening to, you know, the things that, the you know, when we were kids, the old men mm-hmm. would say, this used to cost a nickel. Mm-hmm. Things were better in this day. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with being sentimental. Yeah, and we don't need 14 subgenres in rock. And we don't need it. And you and I don't have to use it. But yep. you know what subgenres are? Hashtagable as AF. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You the, know what the it, problem with "as fuck" is? Too many syllables. Yeah, we need uh, we need to reduce that to two syllables. Yeah, yeah. If we can get rid of four <laughs> letters, what about WTF? L O L. L O L. L M F A L. Oh, hashtag R-O-F-L. Wednesdays. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just to close the loop on the genres discussion, you're right. So the the hip hop, I don't think was ever, was broken out into the same subgenres. Not although in terms of not by the stores, not by the stores. But but what, what what it was and what it still continues to be is being defined by regions. And so that's what I mentioned about okay, yeah. about Buffalo before. You know, NWA was West Coast rap and Tribe Called Quest was East Coast rap. And um, NWA when they started, like there was no West Coast rap. Yeah identified and so they, they were creating their own subgenre so i guess that's where, where we get to but but that never created a a, a a division in like if you listen to hip-hop you're only listening to east coast hip-hop like right. people didn't really do that until recently where there was a big split with trap music and classic hip-hop and right and there are artists that are doing both for sure um and then i would also put grime which is uh you is know, that the British one, the British one out of out of the UK, and there's a lot of grime artists love grime. out there that are are amazing and phenomenal, and their lyricism and like stamina to just keep rhyming and freestyling is yeah. is ridiculous, and it's kind of the anti trap in that way where trap music you can get away with saying four words in a line, and, and then pausing for just as long. Um, yeah. So I don't particularly like trap music. There's yeah. there's some. Um, tracks on my new album that 
that I am rapping in a trap flow. And yeah. so, you know, I'm taking bits and pieces from from everywhere. But we, we are having those divisions starting to, like, build up in hip-hop. Yeah. And I, I notice young people saying that, like, oh, like anything with a boom bap beep is for old people and the, <laughs> the old people are like what is this like youtube uh you know people with with uh download some software and make a beat and trap music is yeah requires no skills like you're not you're not well, digging in the crates for vinyl samples anymore and blah blah yeah. blah, blah, blah like i'm not a producer and i'm working with a friend of mine uh curtis rideout who he he has his own rap uh career and he goes by the name of steve dave on stage um but anyway curtis and, rats. I, curtis and i are what that's a kevin smith uh oh, mall rats reference right, right, right. tell him steve dave steve dave well maybe that's where it's from i should it, ask it could him. be i don't i'm not a producer and curtis is making beats and uh, other people that i respect make beats and it does take skill to produce something there's there's good producers and bad producers in, in every yeah. time period, like in every time period in every genre. Yeah, probably people in the, in a, a tribe called Quest days who were not as good as a tribe called Quest were just doing the same thing on cassette tapes with less yeah. skill as well. Like I, I'm not sure. I'm not super interested in in the debate around which art form requires more skill. I want to I want to like listening to music. Yeah. So at the end I of the could, day, something could be made by someone. They don't have to put in the work that mm-hmm. other people might, but someone else's day was better because they listened to that song. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as bad music. Mm. There's just the music that you like more than it or less. Yeah. Cool. I'm with you on that one. I'm feeling that high hopes, happy place No time for haters when the right folks take the reins Make no mistake where we can wait I'd take a heel to any snake who would rattle me out of my mood today So what you talking about? Nothing matters anymore Why you keep breathing for? On a visceral level you know there's reason to leave the floor Let's find the bits of peace amid the war I'm thinking about people that I love that I'll see today Maybe we'll break bread and watch some TV today Oh, you feel that freedom, eh? You wake up and you only see the cage Well, I see the key I see linear time stretched to the nth degree I see back when the earth was green And when we first developed lungs to breathe Summertime and the living was easy Summertime and the living was easy, yeah Well, I don't mean to get esoteric When there's fresh wounds we as a people need to take care of but taste a little possible, brace for the onslaught And it's not your fault if you need to process anger to get to love The happy place ain't a drive through The happy place can't find you until the time is true But when it hits, boy, you know just as well as I do Shout that shit from the rooftops, joy is a viral kind of mood So if you can't stand the heat, open the freezer door And if you land in hot water, make it a cannonball We can hold all these emotions at once, it's incredible When the world tosses you lemons, pretend that they're edible Yeah, if you can't stand the heat Open the freezer door And if you land in hot water Make it a cannonball We can hold all these emotions At once it's incredible When the world tosses you lemons Pretend that they're edible 
I'm feeling that high hopes, happy place. No time for haters when the right folks take the claim. Make no mistake, worry can wait. I take a heel to any snake who would rattle me out of my mood today. I'm feeling that high hopes, happy place. No time for haters when the right folks take the reins. Make no mistake, worry can wait. I take a heel to any snake who would rattle me out of my mood today. Ride with me. It could hit you on your walk home. It could hit you like heat hits popcorn. Bam, out of your shell. Don't repress the rest of your show and tell. Just be yourself. Don't worry how long you should talk for. I know I've hit my happy place when I feel like making conversation with everyone in the elevator. You get the moment while it feels right. Tell your doubt that you're busy. Call back later. It's a different flavor of life. I play with that savory spice. Catch the wave as it rises. Long as I can stay upright. Happy ain't transactional. I'm not paying a price. Sometimes it's nice just to lean into lightness. When I'm in, I can be more decisive. Lead with my eyes wide open with love for the lifeless. I'm not always like this. Most days I make my share of tight fists. Crinkle my eyelids. Society's not where I'd like it to be. All the hurt in the world's piped right to my screen. And all the victories. Seems so tiny to me, and I remind myself to breathe through the grief. Don't be afraid to go through sadness to feel free. So if you can't stand the heat, open the freezer door. And if you land in hot water, make it a cannonball. We can hold all these emotions at once. It's incredible when the world tosses you lemons. Pretend that they're edible. If you can't stand the heat, open the freezer door. And if you land in hot water, make it a cannonball. We can hold all these emotions at once. It's incredible when the world tosses you lemons. Pretend that they're edible. I'm feeling that high hopes, happy place. No time for haters when the right folks take the claim. Make no mistake, worry can wait. I take a heel to any snake who would rattle me out of my mood today. I'm feeling that high hopes, happy place. No time for haters when the right folks take the reins. Make no mistake, worry can wait. I take a heel to any snake who would rattle me out of my mood today. I'll take a heel to any snake who would rattle me out of my mood today. I'll tell you how I feel about the experience of this chat after I just ask you to tell me where in the process you are of, of making the album. So the album is made possible by a grant from the Waterloo Region Arts Fund. So I got, this is the first album where I'm getting money to professionally produce and record and master it and publish it. Yeah. and have a launch party for it. So I'm, I'm super excited because yeah. this is all new to me. And, and it's a uh, privilege and, and you're grateful, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it is a privilege and I'm grateful for it. And that's <laughs> I, That sounds like me being the iron fist of like, it's a privilege. It's, like, it's not a right. Thank your mother. <laughs> that's how that's how it came across to me. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, sorry, you were saying. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, man. So I've, I've written the songs. I've collaborated with Steve Dave to produce the instrumentals for those songs. Um, we've recorded demos, so it's going to be a six-song EP. Um, and now we're at the, the point of getting them recorded, getting them mastered and mixed and, and packaged into a, a final product. So I'm super excited about that. And through this process, um, there's, there's also a, another side piece to the album that was part of the grant which is does the rest of the album know about your side piece well not yet wordplay keep going 
But the the side piece, so to speak, is um, going to be a little booklet. Um, don't know how we're going to market it or or produce it specifically, but like a booklet, or maybe it's an extended liner notes, or maybe it's more of a poetry chat book um, about the history of hip hop in KW. Nice. And and interviews with people about um, album local albums that are f- fond memories to them or shows or artists. Um, and, nice. th- and that kind of builds off of an article that I wrote for the Community Edition a couple of years ago where I, I tried to trace some of those lines and, and found that there was a bit of a divide between the old school classic hip hop crew and the new school, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, internet rappers right. um, who are less concerned about where they come from and more concerned about just getting famous online. Right. And, but, the, but we're occupying the same physical space and can these two communities learn from each other or should they just, you know, go their separate ways? Right. So um, this is a project for me and my album, but, but then it's also going to leapfrog into a bit of a, a meditation on uh, what the genre has, has been in our community. Right. Um, because there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of rappers and DJs and hip hop artists in KW and we don't get the recognition we deserve because uh, we're overshadowed by Toronto or people leave town once they get too successful because they can't play enough shows here, right. or because the venues locally um, are very reticent to book hip-hop shows, period, because of damaging stereotypes of the genre that you think you're going to book a hip-hop show and a bunch of gangsters are going to show up. So there's there's some venues that just won't do it, and that's unfortunate. I've been yeah. to amazing hip-hop shows in KW that are held at weird places, like you know, like a, the back room of an Irish pub, because... Yeah. That's the only place that they could get booked. Yeah. Although, like, like <laughs> some sweet memories were there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That, that back room. Oh man, what a shithole! But I, <laughs> I got laid. I got so high there. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, many great attachments can be had to. Like, I played at the circus room for a whole year, and I would never play there again the if it existed. Room was a was a, 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 a quite the place. Yeah. Places to not miss. My goodness. <laughs> yep. Anyway, dude, um, the thing that I will say now, I did it. I did this in the right order, and I love the idea of this uh, companion thing that you're doing mm. for the album as Good a part word. of it. Or I might steal that companion. Well, it's not even mine. It's yeah. you know, I know, it's um, you didn't invent it. The Beatles made a movie called Magical Mystery Tour, and the album was the companion to the movie. Okay, the Spice Girls. If that is the best resource Spice I could use for, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're not the same thing, but they no. are companions. Mm. Um, Amazing, thanks. <laughs> I came here to learn. Nerd explaining. <laughs> I'm super glad that we that we had a great chat. Uh, it's always it's always great to see you. I, I don't know if I'm looking for something that I just said or something else. Uh, your hair is very neat. Thanks. Um, I like your. It'll shirt. really come out in the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. I decided to dress up for the microphone. Well, like I'm sitting next to someone and I don't know whether or not I want to keep talking about rock or order my next ice cold margarita. All right. That's my visual aid to the... I look forward to hearing what you're working on. And I fucking am so stoked to have like have had more in-depth conversation than in... God, it has to be like 12 years that we've known each other yeah, or something like that. Absolutely. And, and this is going to be the exclusive preview of the album. 
Oh, with, sweet. With three tracks that have not, not been released. Some and, of which so, you might have heard that I will have at, thrown in in post. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Okay, yeah, that, that's it. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for opening up to me and, and listening to my bullshit and making, <laughs> making agreements with it to help me make sense. <laughs> it's all good. I had a blessed time. Come back, sir. I don't know why I don't said run. blessed time. <laughs> I love when that happens, though. I call them Paul Rudd moments. Later, <laughs> Mamish. I'm super. I'm super proud of how far you've come too. You you have grown up. You weren't a dink before, but like we get older and better. Hopefully, yeah. The thanks. people who don't get better as they get older are just getting older, and that's sad. I'm glad you agree that I'm older and better. All righty then, I give you now the outro for the show by the wonderful Milo Axelrod. But before that, I give you Sam Nabby with his third live performance here on the Todd Donald Show. You and I will find paradise in a port city Spent our whole lives feeling landlocked more in the afternoon Watch the waves, count the clouds, draw me near, feel the heat, real pretty. We hugged the shore to get here and it loved us back. Couple of kids with a backpack and some cash stacks. Here in Atlanta with people who are dreaming to have that. Try to decipher the Spanish like if we are really respectful, the damage from Taurus will vanish. Yeah, I'm just being candid. There's a chance we could wind up on some random island abandoned. It could happen, but life doesn't go just the way that you planned it. Forget why you're falling and focus on landing. You and I will find paradise in a port city. Spent our whole lives feeling landlocked, bored in the afternoon. Yeah, we will walk the pier, watch the waves, count the clouds, draw me near, feel the heat, real pretty. Glassy seas conceal razor sharp coral reefs Even drained of life they could rip our boat easily I don't second guess it In the open water leeward breeze Read the leaves Tell me did I do right by the least of these Put our faith in this kid revving the engine He's 17 I guess you grow up faster at the coast But I've never seen Seen A choppy erosion to hop across And I'm feeling green We just try to keep the peace with border guards And try to find some sleep Find some sleep You and I will find paradise In a poor city Spent our whole lives Feeling landlocked poor In the afternoon Yeah, we will walk the pier Watch the waves Count the clouds Draw me near Feel the heat real pretty You and I will find paradise In a port city Spent our whole lives Feeling landlocked Bored in the afternoon Oh, we will walk the pier Watch the waves Count the clouds Draw me near Feel the heat real pretty We didn't know 
this beach would be so rough when we set out But we got a table and plate with the labels on bottles The shade is amazing for now The port is a lifeline Hundreds of people a day Making the trip of a lifetime No papers, see what the day brings Gotta rely on the grapevine So we make time to just listen Arepas con queso and rum, that's good living Jose was there with us since the beginning He don't talk much, but he's good at convincing I hope he finds what he's after Traveling this hard and this far He has to believe in some magic I wanna see him relaxing You know when he settles down Hope it's all he imagined You and I will find paradise In a port city Spent our whole lives Feeling landlocked Bored in the afternoon Oh, it will walk the pier Watch the waves, count the clouds Feel the heat, pretty In a port city Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends.